Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place and with me in Colossians chapter 1, Paul's apostle, uh, Paul the Apostle's letter to the Colossian church. Merry Christmas to all of you who are here. I'm Pastor Mike. God bless you for being with us today. And uh, how I pray that you would have a wonderful Christ-filled Christmas uh, with your family and with friends on your seats here in the um, worship center. We have uh, I wanted to give this to you. I wanted to leave this with you as we'll be finishing up our talks together about hope in God. This is, uh, this is a list of the 12 uh, parts of my testimony as I've shared with you my hope in God. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Perhaps there's someone, there's some of these in the hall and uh, perhaps you know someone who would benefit by having these, uh, these scripture passages and these uh, statements about hope in God. And I hope there'll be a blessing also to you. So we continue today thinking about hope in God. This time of the year, it's natural for us to think about it as we come to uh, this season celebrating the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at Christmas. But there are many other things that we want to understand about what it means to hope in God. What hope means in the Christian sense of the word, rather than the, the word of hope as it's many times used and misunderstood by the world's definition of it. So I want to call your attention to Colossians chapter number 1. And we're going to be focusing today on verses 21, 22, and 23. Colossians chapter 1 verses 20. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verses 21, 22, and 23. However, in order for us to read these in context, I want to go back and begin reading in verse number 13. Paul's writing now to the Colossian Christians. He never had the opportunity to know them. He looked forward to a time to meet them. So he shares in the book of Colossians some wonderful, this letter of the Colossian church, some wonderful truths about the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is, what it means to live in Christ, what it means to set our minds on things above, lots of great truths. Today we come to think about hope in the gospel, hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before we get to that, let's read these words together. Colossians 1.13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we, he's writing the word we is having to do with believers in Christ. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Verse 15. He, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Verse 17. He is before all things. The Lord Jesus is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He is, that is the Lord Jesus, is also head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. 
now our focus for today. And although you, Colossian believers, believers at First Baptist Church, believers listening to my voice today, although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet He, the Lord Jesus, has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him, before God the Father, holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now, Heavenly Father, we pray that you'd bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. Teach us today, O Holy Spirit of God, what it looks like for us to live in the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, the focal truth that I have for you today, or at least as I want to focus, is continuing my testimony with you. I hope in God today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have hope in God today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is everything to us who are followers of Jesus. It is because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ there comes to be, as I put my faith in Jesus Christ when I hear the gospel, there comes to be a great hopefulness in my life and that hopefulness continues to grow. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. It does not matter the trials and troubles that come and the disappointments that happen, the sickness, the wellness, whatever it may be. Uh, the, the blessings, the possessions, the loss of them, whatever else it may be, there is because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, a great hope in the gospel that gives me the ability to endure and to live my life in this world regardless of what I face. But I must say something to you about this word gospel. It's well used in the church, but sometimes misunderstood. Gospel is a is a Greek word that simply means good announcement, good message, good news, good news. I, I think it's only appropriate as we begin before we get into this for me to talk a little bit about this matter of how we are made to receive news. It seems to be a part of us. It's, it's the, the reality of the human condition. There's been a lot of controversy and a lot of opinions about news in the world and how news is presented and every person sitting in here has an opinion about it. But let me just, let me just begin by reminding you that the gospel is good news. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is good news focused on Jesus Christ. But you see, we live connected to every kind of news. I was just listing some sports news, business news, political news, international news, national news, state news, local news, family news, friends news, enemies news, entertainment news. I could go on. All kinds of news. We're connected to news. It, it is a part of who we are. The identity, young and old alike, we all have this matter of connecting to news. News affects the way we feel. We live for the news we hear. 
That's why you set your devices to your favorite news outlet. And that's why you listen uh, very carefully. In fact, some of you listen so religiously to the news. You have your TV tray and you sit right there in front of that television just so you can take it in hour after hour. Some of you listen to it on your internet, on the internet, on your device, and you make sure you don't miss the latest news of even the last hour. Who knows what's happened between... Uh, 10.30 and 11.30 today, we'll have to check in on our news. We live uh, for the news that we hear. And we trust in the news, listen, that we choose to hear. That's right. We trust the news we choose to hear. Now, this is a very important matter before we come to talk about the gospel. And the matter of, as Paul said, how we heard the gospel of hope. So we, we live for the news we hear and we trust the news that we choose to hear. <clears throat> we are emotionally affected, my friends. We've seen it. Oh my, have we seen it in the last couple of years. <clears throat> it's amazing, amazing. The opinions, the emotions, the frustrations, the happiness, the sadness of uh, people who are emotionally affected by the news that they hear. <clears throat> because the news they hear, they choose to believe. The news they hear, they choose to believe. And everybody longs for good news. It is built in to the very nature of every person, every boy and girl, every senior adult, and everyone in between. It's built into us. It's made as a part of us that we long for good news. But you see, worldly good news, if you can call it that, is temporary. Worldly good news is changing and is never certain. It's never settled. Worldly good news is good for some people and bad for others. It's not universally good for everybody. Worldly good news is temporary and brings in life Temporary happiness and excitement, but it's soon gone. We hear the news that we choose to hear and we believe that news. And as a result of that, we have emotions that follow. Listen, the hope of the world's good news is temporary happiness. It'll always be that way. And for you and for me, as we're connected with our devices to these alerts from the world's news, well, it does bring some temporary happiness. I'm using my words carefully. Temporary happiness. I didn't say joy. Temporary happiness. But you see, the, listen carefully, the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ brings permanent joy and hopefulness. That's the difference. That's what I'm talking to you about today. The hope of the gospel. Do you live firmly settled in gospel hopefulness? Do you live today? I'm talking about whatever you face. You don't know what's going to happen next week in your life, nor do I. We don't know what the occurrences will be in the days ahead. The question is, have we been shaped? Have we believed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and been saved? And as I've been saying, as a result of faith in Jesus Christ, we experience hope in the gospel. Hope in the gospel keeps us going. 
Hope in the gospel is vital for our Christian life. That's what Paul's talking to these Colossians about. For instance, what do we learn in the word of God? Well, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Here's the gospel in a nutshell. Christ, good news. Here's good news for every generation. Here's good news for the young. Here's good news for the old. Good news for everyone. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he was raised again on the third day. That is the gospel in a nutshell. Hear and believe the good news of the gospel. What does, what does the angel say to Mary? Here we are at Christmas. He says, I bring you good news. I bring you, Mary, good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That is good news of great joy. A Savior has been born to the world. The Savior of the world has been born and His name is Jesus Christ. I'm giving you good news, gospel good news. The Word of God tells us, here's gospel good news. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Here's gospel good news. You shall be saved. You shall be saved from your sin and you shall be saved from a life of wickedness and godlessness and you shall be saved and heaven will be your home. Here's good news. Here's good news. Hear and believe good news. He has reconciled you. Here it is right here in these words we're reading. Verse 22. He has now reconciled you who are believers in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before God holy, blameless, and beyond reproach if you indeed continue in the faith firmly established, steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. So you have heard the gospel. You've heard it again today. I've just said it to you again. Good news. The good news that's different from the world's news. It is the good news of the gospel, not the news of the world. If you're living on the world's news, that's why you're miserable. If you're living on the world's news, that's why you have hopelessness. If you're living on the world's news, that's why you're in despair. That's why you're in discouragement. And so I've said to you many times, the importance is to balance out your thinking, your thoughts about the gospel and the truths of God versus the, the, the amount of material you take in from the world. It's very important for your spiritual life. So if you continue... In the faith, not moved away from the hope of the gospel. I'm asking you today this question. Are you living in the hope of the gospel? Is your hope shaped around the gospel? That's such an important matter. That's such a wonderful, wonderful truth for us to think about. I have three observations that come from verse 21, 22, and 23. Number one, this is my testimony. So you may say to me, so Pastor Mike, you hope in God because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Why is that? That you hope in the gospel 
of Jesus Christ and it brings you great hope in God? Well, number one, because I continue to hope in the gospel because Jesus Christ has reconciled me. You see, I continue to hope. My hope is growing. My hope is getting stronger day by day as I walk with God, as I live. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying that as I live the life of faith and I trust in Jesus Christ, my hope rises. My hope is founded in the Lord Jesus and in the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And I hope because I have been, I have personally been reconciled to God while I was still a hostile sinner in my sin. I have experienced reconciliation with God. Secondly, I continue to hope in the gospel because, as Paul teaches us here in verse 22, Jesus Christ has justified me before God through his death on the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My hope continues to grow. I continue to have hope in the gospel because I've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ's death. And I've been justified before God through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And finally, I continue to hope in the gospel because I firmly trust in Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. I put my trust in Jesus Christ alone, not in other people, not in myself, not in what I have, not in my circumstances, not in the place I live, not in the leaders who lead us. I put my trust firmly for life in Jesus Christ. And because of that, the hope of the gospel keeps me going in my life. Now, let me talk about each of these for just a moment with you. I think it's important for us to take Paul's words apart to some degree and think about this matter of not moving away from the hope of the gospel. So I come back now before I begin this first observation. Paul's saying that there are two kinds of people who have heard the gospel. There are some who have heard the gospel, but they've not continued so that there's hope in the gospel. They've heard it. They responded to it in some ways, and I'll talk more about this in a moment in detail, but they do not carry in them the hope of the gospel. They're still lost in their sins. They're acquainted with the gospel, but they do not really know and experience the hope of the gospel. That may be you today. It may be hard for you to sit here with your ego and your pride and say, yes, that's true of me, Pastor Mike. I'm a religious person, but I'm lost in my sins. I still live in wickedness. I don't care about God. I don't pray. I don't read the Bible. I really don't care about worship. I'm here for some other reason than really genuinely being here to seek God. I don't desire to know God in a deeper way. I really, my lifestyle is the same. You can't really tell any difference in my lifestyle than all my wicked neighbors and all those who don't even care about God. I'm a religiously lost person, but then there are those who are here today and you're firm and you're strong and you're steadfast because you're living by faith and the hope of the gospel keeps you going. Whatever happens in life, this becomes so important for us. So let's think about this first. I'm reconciled. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ in this room, you're reconciled to God, not because of anything you've done. We've talked about this numerous times. We've talked about this numerous times. Look what Paul, he describes these details of the gospel of the good news uh, about what it means to be reconciled to God. Look at verse 13, if you have your Bible, he 
Uh, that is that God has rescued us from the domain of darkness. That's where we lived in our sin. We lived in the darkness. The Lord Jesus said, men's deeds are evil. They don't want to come into the light. Their deeds are evil. They don't want really people to know how they lie, how they cheat, how they live in lustfulness and wickedness and cheat other people and carry out ungodly ways. They live in the darkness. We once lived in the darkness. Those of us who are saved here today, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and he's transferred us. This is what happens when you're reconciled to God. You're transferred to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Verse 14, you experience redemption. Jesus Christ pays the price with His blood on the cross, His death, so that you might be forgiven of sin. Verse 14, and as a result of that, notice in verse 21, you were formally alienated. You were formally hostile in mind. You formally engaged in evil deeds. But verse 22, he's now reconciled you. In my wickedness and in my sin, I did not come to God. But one day I heard the good news of the gospel. And I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I repented of my sins. And as a result of that, I was a changed person. And because of that, now I'm reconciled to God. That means I can pray. That means I can speak to God in the name of the Lord Jesus and He hears me. He hears what I have to say. I can go to God with my burdens and needs. I'm reconciled to God so that now when I open the Bible, it actually makes sense to me. I read these words and they're not just... Uh, just confusing words to me. They, these words come to give me life and they restore my mind and they help me with my emotions and my ability to trust God. These words are, are mine. I'm reconciled to God. So I now have a real living relationship with Jesus Christ. But also, I'm justified. He goes on, verse 22. Now you are reconciled in His fleshly body in order. Here's the second part. Here's what happens when we come to know Jesus Christ, when we believe in Him. He now, he, now, he now justifies you. He presents you holy before God, blameless and beyond reproach. <clears throat> you know, we're strange people, us human beings. We try to justify our activities. Uh, we have in our family a two-year-old, a two-year-old, and, and he's learning the joys of what it means to, to color. And he's been working with crayons, and Pat's been helping him to learn how to color with crayons. The problem is, he's not coloring on the paper, he's coloring on the wall. So the other day, even as a two-year-old, Pat takes the, gently takes the crayon away and says to him, uh, you, you, cannot, you cannot color on the wall, color on the paper. And he, he's just learning to speak. You know, two-year-olds are learning their words. He, he knows these two words. Not me, he stands there with the crayon. Not me, not me. Have you stood in your sin before God and before others when you know you have sinned? Not me, not me. I didn't really do it. Somebody else caused me to do it. The devil made me do it. I didn't do it. We try to justify ourselves in our sin. Look, 
The only way you will ever be justified before God is by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing Him to make you, justify you before God. He justifies us so that we might live. And notice how Paul describes it. Now I was once a, an unholy person. Now I'm justified. And guess what? I start growing in holiness. I start to desire holy things rather than unholy things. But I am declared as a holy one, even though there's still sin in my life as a believer. That's why we're called saints. The word saint means a holy one. I'm speaking to this gathering of the saints at First Baptist Church. Dixon, we're not all perfect in our in our ways, but we are justified and stand in our, in our position in Christ as holy. Notice without, we're also blameless. We're also beyond reproach. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why I have hope in the gospel. Listen, because from the day I believed as a nine-year-old boy, I continue to believe by faith in Jesus Christ and live a life of faith. Trusting in the Lord that He saved me and that He reconciled me to God forever and that He justified me before God forever. And so now I am a forever child of God and there'll never be a change in that in my life. Because I have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am secure, I am stable, and my position is what it is. I grow in, listen, I grow into my justification. I grow in to my reconciliation. I grow in holiness. I grow in blamelessness before God. I grow in beyond, being beyond reproach. This is what happens as we grow in our spiritual life. And because of that, these are just two details. <clears throat> Paul could have talked about a number of others. These two details alone from the gospel, my friends, brings the hope of the gospel. I'm a changed person. I'm not like I used to be. I'm changed in my ways. <clears throat> I've changed my friends. I've changed my desires. I want to know God's word. I want to pray. I want to worship God and glorify him privately when I'm alone and I want to seek God and know Him better and love Him with all of my heart. These are the descriptions of those who have truly believed. And that's why I say to you in the third place here, I continue, I continue, I've used this word in every one of these observations. I continue to hope in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and I am firmly trusting Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. I don't know what's going to happen in my life, nor do you. But you see, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ gives me the ability, notice verse number 23, to be firmly established, steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel you heard. Here's a hard question for you today. Have you moved away from the hope of the gospel? Have you moved away? Now, I know you're in church today. You may be listening to me somewhere today, as a number of people do. And we are glad that you've joined us. May the Lord bless you wherever you are, whatever your circumstances. We do miss you, 
and pray for you to be with us when you can. But I ask you today, have you moved away from the hope of the gospel? Are you living again in despair, my Christian friend? Have you forgotten the joy and blessing of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and firmly trusting in Him in all the circumstances of your life, in all of your relationships? Well, you see, it's this matter of, it's this matter of continuing to believe. You see, all believers endure to the end, the Word of God teaches us. But those who are not believers do not endure to the end. Those who may have religious, and this is important for me to say to you today, it's as important as the joy of believing the Lord Jesus Christ as a believer and experiencing this firmness and settledness and, and uh, permanence in following the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. You see, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ is a life of faith. It starts the day you truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I must say to you, believing is not just facts, not just knowing facts. It's amazing as I've shared the gospel with people so many times when we talk about being saved, they'll say, well, oh, I, I know, I know. This, I know that Jesus died on the cross. It's in the Bible. And I know that uh, he was raised from the dead. So therefore I'm saved because I know something. Because I know religious facts, I'm saved. No, you're not. Religious facts and knowing religious facts is not enough to save you. Someone says to me, well, you know, there was a time in my life, Pastor Mike, and I was, I was a little boy, I was a little girl, I was young, I was a teenager, and I had that feeling, whatever that means. I had that feeling. I had those religious feelings, and I felt something in my life, and, 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 and it was really a special thing. Now, when they're talking to me about their spiritual life, they they don't really care that much about God, but there was a time they had these re religious feelings and somehow they have the idea that because they had religious feelings that they're now saved. Just having religious feelings does not save you, does not give you justification, does not give you reconciliation with God. This is the saddest thing in the world is to talk with someone who has false assurance about salvation because they base it on religious feelings, some amount of Bible knowledge, or religious relationships. Everybody in my family, why they all go to church. Just because they go to church does not save you. You see, if you still live, even though you've had in the past religious feelings, and you have some measure of religious or scriptural Bible knowledge, or you have others who you know who are spiritual people, that does not save you because of that. You must believe, and it's far more than just knowledge. You must put an act of the will must take place in your life where you say, I must repent of my sin. I know that I am a sinner and that Jesus Christ died for me. Therefore, I will. I believe with all that I can believe based on the truth of God's word that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the dead and he ascended to heaven and is coming again. I believe that Jesus Christ is alive today, my great high priest, and that he's going to help me in all of my concerns. It is a faith in God that changes the way you live. 
If someone says they have faith in God, they trust God, but they still live and engage in the wickedness of the world and the way they used to live, that person needs to consider, am I really saved? That's why Paul gives this warning. The Lord Jesus said, talking about when preaching is done, just like I'm doing, seeds are being sown, gospel seeds. He talks about these four kinds of soils. He says, I'm reading from Mark 4. The ones on whom was sown, the seed was sown on rocky places. Listen, they hear the word and immediately they receive it with joy. Boy, that's good. That's for me. I like that. Jesus died for my sins. Boy, I need that. That's good. They receive it. Immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no firm root within them. They are only temporary. They hear it. They experience it. They, they perhaps are in a, a gathering of people where they see the power of God at work and people's lives being changed and they want that. They sense it. But when afflictions or persecution arise because of the word, they fall away. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I'm describing the almost Christian to you today. The almost Christian has religious affections and emotions and experiences, but has never repented of sin and put their faith by an act of the will in the Lord Jesus Christ for life. The almost Christian is, has religious knowledge and Bible knowledge, but they have not true, genuine faith in Jesus Christ. They have religious, religious uh, relationships but they do not have the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the sadness of almost being saved. The sadness of almost being saved, but still lost. If you continue firmly and not moved away. Well, you see, the believer lives by faith firmly established here. Settled in their confident hope in the gospel. And never moving away from the gospel. What did the Lord Jesus say? This is very important for us all to hear now. When the Lord Jesus, and we, we spent some detail in John chapter 8 on this subject. John 8, 31 is a verse we ought to all mark in our Bibles. We ought to remind ourselves, these are the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to mark them down. Hear them if you don't mark them down, if you don't read them. Jesus was talking to some Jews who had a mental belief in him. Well, this must be the Messiah. But they did not commit to him. They did not commit to follow him. They believed, but they did not commit to follow him. There's the difference. Jesus said, to, this is John 8, 31. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then are you truly my disciples. The saddest thing for anyone is to be talked into being saved when they're lost. When they're still an almost Christian. It's like Paul preaching to that political leader and sharing the gospel. And he said, well, come back later and we'll hear about it again. It's like those philosophers when Paul preached the gospel in Athens, well, some heard it gladly and believed in the Lord Jesus and became followers of Jesus. Others said, what is this craziness you're saying? And some others said, we'll hear you again at another time. The sadness of the almost Christian 
versus that believer who is firmly established, settled, and never moving away, by the way, from the hope of the gospel. Look, your faith in Jesus Christ and your hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ are absolutely connected. And I've said this to you repeatedly, based on the condition of your faith in God is your hope in God. And the world will never give you that. The only way you will experience it today is by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to know facts about God's Word. That's what we do here at the church. We, we teach the Word of God so that we might have knowledge. But faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And when you hear the Word of God, you say, I must do what it says. I believe that's true. I'm going to base my life on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why, as I've said repeatedly, you might be on your sick bed, your deathbed, but you have the hope of the gospel in your life. You see, the hope of the gospel, my friend, keeps you singing. The hope of the gospel keeps you worshiping. The hope of the gospel keeps you praying. The hope of the gospel keeps you believing. The hope of the gospel keeps you enduring. The hope of the gospel keeps you thanking God, regardless of what happens in your life. Paul says, if indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established, steadfast, and not moving away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So what do we need to remember today? Well, the good news of the gospel is salvation in Jesus Christ. That builds and brings hopefulness. Some of you, again, oh, my friend, when was the last time you went home and thought deeply about the gospel of Jesus Christ and being saved and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and all that's in it? I promise you this. If you're in some time of despair, if you'll go home and set aside some time and praise God and thank Him for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and His salvation that He provides for us, it will bring strength to you. It will give you a foundation. It will settle you. Salvation is through the cross of Jesus Christ. This baby came. How did, how did Brother Steve say it? He said it to us just a moment ago. Only one, only one, only one came who was the king who became a baby so that He might save us. Only one, and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you this today, based on the authority of God's Word, believers are secure. They never fall away. Because believers continue to walk by faith and trust Jesus Christ. But you might be here today and you say, Pastor Mike, I think I'm an almost Christian. I haven't continued in the Word of God. I don't think that I truly have committed to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I have some facts about Him, but I don't know. I don't know truly. I don't have any hope in my life. I don't have any, I don't have any joyful hope in my life. When you look at it that way, my friend, you can determine your condition spiritually. And I appeal to you. I appeal to you that you make sure, that you make sure, and you can that you know Jesus Christ and that you are saved before you face the end of your life. You see, we have some things we must do today. What do we do with this? Well, you have to ask yourself the condition or lack of hopefulness in your life. You have to think often about the power of the gospel, 
through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then maybe this is what you need to think about. You question sometimes, why is so-and-so not close to God? They, they made a religious decision. They, they had at one time religious desires, but now they seem to be back living in the world. They seem to be gone. They, they don't care about God. They've, they've washed their hands of it. They, they excuse it as a passing fad in their life, something that young people do. And now they've moved on and they've fallen away. It's because they were, they were not true believers. Those who truly know the Lord Jesus Christ are firmly established and settled in their confidence and never move away from the hope of the gospel. So my friend, I appeal, come to the Lord Jesus by faith and live for Him all the days of your life. Listen to me, I promise you hope will arise in your life like you have never experienced. And it comes from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ.